Good evening, Don't Unfriend Me Nation, episode 444 of the Don't Unfriend Me show. My name is Matthew Spear. I'm the host of Don't Unfriend Me slash Breaking Truth. Tonight, what are we going to talk about? Well, something funny. I was eating dinner with the family. We were just kicking back. And, uh, well, what were we eating? We, we had sweet and sour chicken. My wife makes an amazing crockpot sweet and sour chicken. It's not really important, but it was good. But I was, I was immersed into the meal, and I was thinking about what I'm going to write my show on. I was watching the news, and all of a sudden, I hear an air raid siren. And I immediately look up. I mean, this has a fairly palpable result with me because whether I was on a foreign base or overseas and heard an air raid siren, that has a much different meaning than living in Houston, Texas during Harvey when there's tornadoes coming down. Either way, you hear that, you respond and you react because that's what it's designed to do. And it has a a very different feeling uh, for some people based upon their experience. For me, both situations were, what the heck's going on? And as I look up, I see Joe Biden waddling with Zelensky, uh, not in a fevered, peckish pace, but just strolling like no big deal. And I said, this is odd. Something doesn't seem correct. Let me Sesame Street this. Who would put Joe Biden at risk like this? If we lose him over in Ukraine, that is not going to be fun. That's World War III. What is going on and why is this happening? And then I realized that my mind went back to February of 2019. And I said, aha, I know what Joe Biden's doing. The interesting point, stick around for me, because at the at the very end, the last keystroke as I was writing this show, I got confirmation that this actually wasn't real, and we know it wasn't real, and now I've got confirmation. I'm going to share it with you tonight. We're also going to dive into stolen valor. Give me a second. I'll make all the pieces fit right after this message from the Hodge Twins. Be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Yay. Hogs Twins here. Check out our friend Matthew Spirit at his podcast at The Dumb Show and his website, yeah. don'tunfriendme.com. Yeah. Thank you to the Hodge Twins. I appreciate them having my back. You can find me at The Dumb Show across all social media, or go to dumbshow.com, buy a hat, buy some shirt, shirts, and get some coffee. Betsy Ross, the Don't Tread on Me, the Trader Joe is awesome, all made by veterans, made in the United States. Please do me a favor, go by and pick it up at thedumbshow.com. We're talking about Joe Biden, we're talking about stolen valor, we're talking about using wartime situations and veterans to gain political advantageous steps above your opponent. All of these things are pretty common. We know politicians do this. They glad hand veterans all the time, and they really don't give a crap about them, except when they give them an occasional raise or they do something tremendous and then give them a medal. But there's so much more to it than that. And this is a a fairly cathartic topic for me. I, I care very much about stolen valor, and it frustrates me when I see politicians do something that they're not actually doing. So let's talk about it tonight. The first thing that I want to do is show you the Zelensky and Biden video so I can really put it in your mind's eye of what I was seeing and seeing and feeling. Here it is. 
Oh, look at over here. We've got uh, all the beautiful weapons you sent us. Uh, we've got some cocaine. We, oh, I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> excuse me. That's snow left over from last night. I apologize, Mr. Biden. And over here, I was born into that oak tree. It was fantastic. I used to nod as a small child as I flexed my muscles and curled my chest hair. He looks like a little Napoleon, doesn't he? He's small. He looks diminutive. That's the one thing I've noticed about Zelensky. Nancy Pelosi is taller than he is. And of course, Joe Biden, air raid going off, and Joe Biden just like... Seriously, and what's up with the mullet? Get a haircut. Donald Trump kind of had the same hair. You notice how they don't make fun of Joe Biden's hair, but they made fun of Donald Trump? Anyway, I digress. Trivial, trivial pickings on my part. I apologize. So this, this isn't the first time. I immediately, like I said, I thought back to a time in February of 2019 when another president that we know did something very similar, but a hell of a lot more authentic. We'll talk about that in a second. But this stolen valor thing, usually stolen valor, I'm going to explain it in a lot more detail later, but it's basically claiming you've done something that you haven't done, especially in the military, and taking credit for something. Now, the question is, if a politician goes over to Ukraine, not the Ukraine, can't call it the Ukraine anymore, go to Ukraine and say that we're going to have a summit and an air raid siren went off and we were afraid of being bombed and I courageously did the walk anyway, is that stolen valor if it wasn't true? I don't know. I'm going to let you decide. I'm going to make the case tonight. The first case of this from a non-military person, we can go all the way back to HRC. Yes, that lovable Hillary Rodam Clinton. Here it is. It was supposed to be an example of Hillary Clinton's back. It was supposed to be. You guys remember this? Sniper fire. Watch this. Well tested experience. I remember landing under sniper fire. In the speech last week, Senator Clinton was referring to her visit to Tuzla, Bosnia in 1996 as First Lady. The brutal war was over, but hostilities continued. And though the trip was exactly 12 years ago tomorrow, the memories seemed etched in Clinton's mind. There was supposed to be some kind of a greeting ceremony at the airport, but instead we just ran with our heads down to get into the vehicle. Has anyone noticed that uh, she looks like the lady from the Partridge family? I mean, seriously, I don't, I don't remember her name, but the haircut, everything, even the green color, this looks like she's part of the Partridge family. Our base. Problem is, that's not what happened. And Whoops. we should know, CBS News accompanied the First Lady and daughter Chelsea on that Bosnia trip. That's Senator Clinton talking to me on the military flight into Tuzla. And these are the pictures we recorded of the greeting ceremony when the plane landed. Well, that stuck in a lot of people's craw for Hillary Clinton to go ahead and claim that she was dodging sniper fire, which is ridiculous. Hillary Clinton is a liar. We know this. And she has done this her entire political career. And it would be kind of just redundant for me to say that most politicians are. Is it stolen valor? Yeah, I do. I, I, I think it is. There are people who most assuredly landed there, whether it be UN or reporters or uh, US officials who did land under sniper fire and have an, a very serious concern about landing in some parts of the country due to people taking shots at them. We'll talk about that in a second with the DMZ in the demilitarized zone and Donald Trump which is where I'm going to go ahead and make all these things kind of fit, which he had a very real worry that something could happen, which is why presidents never, ever cross into North Korea from the DMZ, which we'll talk about. The next is Richard Blumenthal, United States Marine Corps, disgraced United States Marine Corps. In fact, 
I, I hardly want to say that he's a Marine in any way, shape, or form. They say once a Marine, always a Marine. Well, unless you go ahead and you uh, discredit or disrespect or dishonor the Corps, the country, God, your family, your brothers, I think most Marines aren't happy with this guy. And the fact that they got anyone to sit with him for this press conference is shocking. Watch this. It was fitting that Richard Blumenthal stood today with men who had served under fire. Fitting because Connecticut's Attorney General, the odds-on favorite to win a U.S. Senate seat, was fighting for his political life. Now, on a few occasions, I have misspoken about my service. Misspoken. So let me go ahead and clean this up. Uh, a few occasions means over 20. And a misspoken means blatantly lie. Okay, good. Glad we all say that we understand. This guy specifically multiple times said, I served in Vietnam and he didn't in any way, shape or form. He worked on playgrounds for God's sakes. And I regret that. And I take full responsibility. Those few misspoken words were at the core of a New York Times story splashed across few today's front page. Words, right. On several occasions, the Times said, Blumenthal has spoken as if he served in Vietnam, not in the reserves at home. Occasions like this one back in 2008. We have learned something very important since the days that I served in Vietnam. Neither Blumenthal nor his staff, the Times said, ever corrected any of the numerous press accounts that had put him in Vietnam. Whoopsie. Stolen valor. Plain and simple. Donald Trump called this guy out. I've called him out. I've done several shows on this guy. I think he's horrible. I think if, if you truly felt contrition and were looking for people's forgiveness, you should have resigned immediately. You were absolutely disgraceful. The next guy, I want to make sure I'm not just hitting on Democrats here because Republicans have done it too. This is a guy I did a show on, uh, Majewski from Ohio, 9th District, I believe, and who completely from top to bottom stole valor, and everyone knows he did. Here it is. Oh, allegedly. I guess I got to say that so he doesn't come back on me. Watch this. Did you serve in Afghanistan? Yes, I did. How many tours? One. Watch his eyes. Watch where he goes to the deceptive part. Look what he looks to his up to up and to the right versus his creative cortex versus his uh, creative uh, for his memory cortex. Watch just how completely uh, he wants out of this conversation. This is when things started to rumble during these interviews where people started questioning what he did. This guy boldface lied. He Donald Trump supported this guy. Once again, Donald Trump didn't make the best um, predictions over the 17 swing states. He lost every single one of those because a lot of these people are fairly unethical. This guy stole valor. Other people are all about the stolen election and everything else. And the ones that actually ran on policy like Eli Crane, they mopped up and won. But the people like Majewski, they lost and they lost decisively. Why? Well, we understand people care about policy. They don't care necessarily about what the next big conspiracy theory is. Whether you guys agree with that or not, doesn't matter. This guy doesn't deserve to be a dishwasher, let alone work in Congress. What, what year were you there? What years? Uh, 2000, 2002, 2003. Wow. So you served right at, right at the beginning. Yeah. What was that experience like? Um, tough, tough. I don't like talking about my military. So, okay, let, let, let me show you an example, okay? I don't like talking about my military service either. And there's a couple of reasons. My excuse is, is that it's not the only thing that defines me. Now, I know I've got the stars and stripes all around me, the tattoos and everything else. I get that. You're like, come on, bro. You're, you're, you're vocalizing and broadcasting it. Well, it is a part of my life. But I will specifically say right now, I wasn't a wartime veteran. 
Now, even though there were conflicts and even though I was deployed, it doesn't necessarily mean that I saw battle, at least conventional, uh, uh, downrange and firing rounds at an enemy. That's very specific. You are either support or you are actually in combat. There is no gray area. It is one or the other. And this guy took liberties with that. So if you want to say, well, I don't want to talk about my service because of this A, B, and C. However, I want to make very clear that I did not do this, this, and this. That is absolutely how you do it. You don't sit here and play coy with it like he does as you listen to him try to explain why he doesn't want to talk about it. When we all know why he doesn't want to talk about it is because he's lying. Not, 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 that, um, not that we've said too much. I just don't, I don't really like to, I really don't like to divulge a lot of things about the military because, you know, they're, to me, you know, it was a, it was a tough time in life. Tough. Um, tough. You know, the military wasn't easy. Working on an airplane in, in essentially a Habana club. Yes. I could see how that's really, really hard. But in retrospect, it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. And, you know, I do it all. This guy served in Qatar, folks. It, it, it's Shangri-La. It's, it's, it's going to Disneyland. It was a, they have air conditioning in every single sleeping arrangement. Come on, it's Qatar. It's not like you were, uh, you know, Bosnia, here's Nagovina. It's not like you were in the Congo. It's not like you were in Fallujah. Uh, this guy completely just exaggerates. And the reason why is, well, I was on a cargo ship and I flew over and landed at the airport and then I left. He sounds like Hillary Clinton. I wonder if he was under sniper fire. Over again. But, you know, out of respect of, you know, many things, you know, I, I, you know, my answer to most people when they ask about my military services, you know, I served, I served honorably and, um, I fought for this country for a lot of months over in the Middle East and uh, so did a lot of people that went with me. And, you know, when I see all these things that are going on today, I mean, if I could, if I could uh, put my BDUs back on, I wasn't so chubby. I'd, I'd probably, uh, I'd probably try to find a way to do it. Right. This is the guy that was referring to January 6th about putting his BDUs back on such a shame. He didn't get elected. What a bummer. There are plenty of examples of this. This isn't just one or two. In 1996, Wes Cooley, he was a representative, a Republican representative in Oregon. Uh, he made claims that he served in the military and uh, he was caught. Cooley dropped his bid for a second house term after questions were raised about his claim that he had served in Army Special Forces in Korea and uh, whether he concealed his marriage so his wife could collect benefits as the widow of a Marine. All very shoddy and definitely held accountable. Tom Harkin was a Democrat in Iowa. He had to clarify his statements for once, suggesting that he, uh, that he flew combat missions over North Vietnam, which he had not done in any way, shape, or form. In 99, Donald R. Nicholson, the police chief of Amelia, Missouri, in the 1980s admitted that he had lied about being a Vietnam veteran and a prisoner of war to obtain better veterans' benefits. Thomas Beebe, head of the military programs at Southern Illinois University, and Raymond Ocker, a school superintendent in Lansford, Pennsylvania, claimed to be Navy SEALs, and they were exposed in 1990. Admiral Jeremy Mike Borda, probably one of the largest and most prolific, was CNO, Chief Naval Operations, and he killed himself in 96 after revelations that he wore Vietnam combat decorations that he did not earn. I was serving at the time, and this sent ripples throughout the community. Richard Kahn, he was a professor of military history at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and he said that the Vietnam War had spawned many people who lied about their service records. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? 
you need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. But one thing that I wanted to bring up to you is you can go ahead and discern whether that's stolen valor and what Joe Biden did today was inherently wrong or right, because I really haven't provided you any proof except for some key dates and times. Now, a lot of this might seem that I'm trying to go ahead and sow a, uh, a bed of straw or a, or a blanket of, uh, of, of torn fabric to try to make this all come together. But I want you to think back to a very specific time where Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un, leader of North Korea, met. This was February 27th and 28th, and it was in 2019, 22 months before the election. And it was in Vietnam in the capital of Hanoi regarding the nuclear issue and him sending up rockets. Now, we all remember this. But President Trump became the first sitting president ever in this photo you can see to step foot into North Korea when he met with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un in the DMZ, which is the demilitarized zone, and it separates North and South Korea. The reaction to Trump's entry into the DMZ was mixed. Supporters of Trump's approach to North Korea praised the move as a significant step towards peace and a potential breakthrough in negotiations with NK. However, critics, of course, said that Trump's approach to foreign policy viewed the the thing as more of a stunt and publicity that gave Kim Jong-un the appearance of legitimacy and did little to address the longstanding issues of North Korea's nuclear program and human rights abuses. But North Korean officials expressed cautious optimism about the meeting, while others criticized Trump's handling of the negotiations with the regime. South Korean President Moon Jae-in welcomed the meeting as a positive development for peace on the Korean peninsula and has remained fairly peaceful since. Overall, Trump's entry into the DMZ was viewed as a high-profile event that garnered significant media attention, but opinions on its significance varied depending upon one's political views and stance on North Korea relations. However, this was a very bold and brave move, to be honest with you. The DMZ is not a place to mess around. North Korea has more uh, artillery pointed at South Korea that could ultimately flatten it. The DMZ is no joke. People try to traverse it all the time, and it's very similar to West and East Berlin with the wall. There may not be a wall there, but people are shot. There's minefields. It's very serious, and it's not to be taken lightly. This demilitarized zone in the Korean Peninsula, it demarcates North Korea from South Korea, and it roughly follows latitude 38 north and the 38th parallel the original demarcation line between North Korea and South Korea at the end of World War II. But to criticize criticize Donald Trump for this, one of the lead people who did it was the Joe Biden campaign. They denounced Trump for coddling dictators while making numerous concessions for negligible gain. Candidate Elizabeth Warren tweeted, our president shouldn't be squandering American influence on photo ops and exchanging love letters with a ruthless dictator. It's interesting that we talk about this because if you look at the Zelensky fiasco and then you look at Donald Trump, they have similarities. I want you to go back to the date. It just so happens that it's 22 months before the 2024 election for Joe Biden. There's questions about his character. There's questions about overall how he stands in the world, his courage against other world leaders. And this photo op 
is an amazing opportunity for him to tout that I was under air raid sirens and I went to Ukraine when Donald Trump specifically will talk about that. Now, when you take the stolen valor piece, am I saying that Joe Biden stole valor? No, I'm saying he's taking advantage of something that's very politically advantageous for his, uh, his career. But I just received this right before finishing the show, like I said, and this quote, the White House notified, notified the Kremlin of Joe Biden's intention to visit Kiev hours before he departed from Ukraine. Meticulously planned over several months by a tight circle of key advisors, Biden's visit was described as unprecedented in modern times by his national security advisor. Now listen to this, what Jake Sullivan says. On the grounds that it was the first time a U.S. president, listen to the caveat, had visited the capital of the country at war where the United States military does not control the critical infrastructure. That's a nod to North Korea and Donald Trump's visit, obviously, because that's the only other one that would even come close. It says, we did notify the Russians that President Biden will be traveling to Kiev, Sullivan said. We did so some hours before his departure for deconfliction purposes. And because of the sensitive nature of those communications, I won't get into how they responded or what the precise nature of our message was, but I can confirm that we provided that notice. This directly references my suspicion of this simply being a ploy to one-up Donald Trump and his anticipated head-to-head with Biden come 2024. There are no coincidences, folks. Learn that often and quickly. The last piece of information that I will give you is that if they automatically notified Russia, and this train trip that he took from Poland was 10 hours, and when he landed, they notified Russia that he would be in Kiev, and then Russia decided to go ahead and threaten military strikes with drones, with artillery fire, with missiles, with bombing runs. That's why you have an air raid siren go off, is to warn people to take cover. What you're saying is, is that Ukraine had some sort of early warning notification that Russia was going to attack, so they flipped the air raid siren. That would be a declaration of war against the United States of America, being that a sitting president is inside the area that they're trying to bomb. Folks, it didn't happen. I don't defend Russia. I don't like Russia. I worked against their theater for a long time. What I do know is a BS story, and it smells like a lie and a fart in a car. There's no way in shape or form that Russia was going to hit Kiev while Joe Biden was there. This is all a ploy. Ukraine flipped this, they did this, and obviously it was a giant photo op. I think it's disingenuine. I think it steals valor. I hope you either agree or disagree, and you'll let me know down below. But either way, thanks for watching the Don't Unfriend Me show. I hope you found it interesting tonight. I had a lot of fun doing it with you. Please do me a favor. Stop by The Dumb Show at thedumbshow.com or follow me at The Dumb Show. And once again, let me know your thoughts. I'm interested to see what you think about this one. Am I right? Am I wrong? Am I crazy? Am I making things all connect? I don't know, man. 22 months in a war zone, both presidents, they both were head to head. Joe Biden has a credibility issue that he's soft on the China balloon. And then all of a sudden he's in Ukraine with air raids. Folks, this is optics. Let me know what you think. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. I will go out like I always do with a veteran crisis hotline. God bless. And please take care of each other. Nobody else will. See you tomorrow. Boreanis with the Cast the Seal team. And we have an important message for returning vets. We want you to know if you're struggling to cope, 
there's help and it's just a phone call away. The Veterans Crisis Line is staffed with experienced professionals who know your struggles. There's no greater sacrifice in service to our country. We're able to enjoy our freedoms because of it. Your service is important. You are important. For vets and their families, the Veterans Crisis Line is here to help 24 hours a day. Please call.